This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, some of you are driving home from a Super Bowl party. Some of you are smarting over having lost on the big game. Others are trying to figure out what the big deal is, why your husband, why your uncle, why your grandfather went crazy in uh, time and time again uh, as the score seemed to change repeatedly and always at the least opportune times. But for the politicos in the audience, believe it or not, this result of the Kansas City Chiefs winning in a very dramatic fashion is quite a disappointment because it feels it feeds into a lot of these Taylor Swift anti-Donald Trump conspiracy theories, but more so than being a sports event, more so than being the most watched television event of the year by a lot, the Super Bowl has very much become a cultural event. Everyone's talking about the national anthem. Everyone's talking about the halftime show. So I thought, who better to turn to than a man who went from being a congressman to being really kind of, uh, I'll refer to him as our show's cultural critic at large, a guy who seems to have transcended the world of politics and is now very much a part of the American culture. As far as uh, as far as whether it's for the, for the best or for the worst, I guess the jury might still be out on that. I am very, very pleased to welcome former Republican congressman from New York and cultural critic at large, George Santos. Congressman, it's great to have have you back on the radio oh frankie it's great to be back with you and i love the cultural critic at large <laughs> i love the title i'll you, take it you got to update your uh, your cameo bio to include that cultural critic at large you know. <laughs> um all right let's talk about the game i know when i asked you to come on and talk about the game you said you know the halftime show is more my thing you know let's remember i'm homosexual uh did you end up watching any of the actual game what did you think of the sports aspect of it so, so, so to, to back to back that statement, when I say I'm a homosexual, I mean it by every definition. Sure. I cannot comment on sports. I watch it. I watch the Super Bowl every year like every good American. But I'm terrible at commenting because I don't understand the game as much as probably somebody more technical would. But obviously, I'm here and look forward to the halftime show like every other regular Joe Schmo who's watching the game. And I got to tell you, this year's halftime show, Frankie, by far, hands down, the best. In my lifetime. You know, and I'll say this. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. My wife well, said the same thing, and I've never heard her express that kind of enthusiasm about a halftime show, really, ever. It's because your wife's a millennial, and she went through all the <laughs> crap she did through junior high school and high school listening to Usher, Ludacris, Little John, and Alicia Keys, just like I did. So for all the, the Gen Zers out there who probably don't know a single song that was played on that stage today— for me, it was my entire youth 
wrapped up in 15 minutes. And so many people across the country saw it. It was it was a great mix of R&B, hip-hop, that love story that we all have gone through when we were younger. And it just hit home for me. And I got to tell you, the moment Usher came out with the coat over the shoulder, it gave me severe flashbacks to just late last year. So I got to tell you, I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> so five-star review on the halftime show. Uh, what about... Six-star review. Oh, six, just give stars uh, out. <laughs> I'll tell you, hey, um, Reba McIntyre doing the national anthem. I mean, I don't know how much you can do with the national anthem. What did you make of Reba McIntyre in the national anthem? It's as good as a national anthem can be because no one's ever going to outdo Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. So it was great. As good as it can be. And, and you know, you commend her for it. She did a great job. She had the boots. She had the fur. And the whole stadium was looking at her. So it was fantastic. One of the things that was somewhat controversial this year is uh, they are continuing with the performance of the song Lift Every Voice, which as some people call the Black National Anthem. Some old school folks thought this was a little bit too woke and not the kind of thing that needed to be added. Did you have any sort of a take on that? Oh, come on. It's it's American history. It's part of America's fabric. Whatever you no want to call it. So it's no big it's deal. It's a great patriotic song. Why are we? I am so bored about all the political divisiveness, even with our <laughs> freaking hymns. Like, seriously, just go away. These are these are great patriotic songs. and Stop politicizing everything and stop calling it the black national anthem because it's it's just a very nice patriotic song. Right. It's not as if they're in the in the midst of the song saying we hate all white people or anything like that. It's just, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it is so pretty uplifting. Silly. I agree. It, it's, here's the deal. It's an opportunity that this entire country has taken to politicize everything from Barbie to football and to patriotic songs. So it, it's just so boring. It's like, move on. Uh, talking with uh, former Congressman George Santos, uh, God bless America, post Malone. I had no idea he had that many tattoos on his face. What would you make of that performance? It was interesting to watch somebody like post Malone. I mean, I grew up, and I think you, we've all grown up. God Bless America, rendered by people like Celine Dion and and the likes of Celine Dion. So when you watch Post Malone doing it, it it didn't land for me. I would have chosen someone else, but I get it. We're trying to be inclusive here, and we want everybody to feel represented. So, hey, like maybe next year, Frankie, it can be you and I. We can do a duet (laughs) and harmonize on it. Uh, maybe people may pay a premium for that on Cameo, believe me, but uh, I'm not so pretty sure, sure they would. <laughs> um, there was so much buzz going into this game, as I alluded to a couple of minutes ago, about uh, Taylor Swift. Would she be at the game? Would she not be at the game? A lot of folks said she was going to use this as uh, the opportunity to endorse uh, Joe Biden. What did you make of all the Taylor Swift fervor? Some people who are just, you know, pure football fans, they felt that she's been a little bit uh, overshadowing the NFL this season. And a lot of folks that are very strong Trump people, which I know you are, they feel that, uh, you know, she's using her influence to kind of, uh, you know, hurt Donald Trump electorally. Did you have any take on the Taylor Swift aspect of the buzz around the Super Bowl? I think Taylor Swift's great. I think she's so great. I, I, I authored an entire bill in Congress for women's rights and named it the Swift Act. Now, here's my problem. Taylor Swift is a pop icon 
football is not pop culture. And we need to take the conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift and stop with that. And I've been saying this to conservatives left and right. We are single-handedly going to give her more power than she actually has over this presidential upcoming election because we are obsessed with her. There's no PSYOP. There's no grow up. Why are people so bored that now they're making stuff up out of cloth? just to fit a crazy narrative of some crazy psyop that they believe is necessary. I mean, I don't even know. This is post-midnight. Can I drop F-bombs here? Because that's what I feel like dropping. <laughs> don't, so don't. For my sake. Uh, I get it. <laughs> hey, uh, one of the things that historically has always been a big part of the Super Bowl experience is the watching of the of the commercials. Did any commercials really stand out for you tonight? Look, n- no, I don't think a Pfizer commercial should have been on the Super Bowl. I think that... At where we are today, I think uh, I, I wish the NFL would have understood how negatively that impacts uh, most Americans actually enjoying and watching the NFL. But I will say this. It, I can't call it a Super Bowl commercial, but it was one of the commercials in between. It was a Jennifer Coolidge uh, commercial with the Discover mm. card, and it, it, it hit it for me. Because anything Jennifer Coolidge usually hits for me with uh, you're not a robot. How can you prove you're not a robot? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. And, you know, it's funny because you feel like you're living that to some extent these days. Everything is AI this, AI that. I, I, I thought that was a good one. Um, that one hit for me. And it wasn't the biggest produced commercial, right? So, yeah. But I loved it. Yeah, that was right or right before the game, I think. That was, uh, that was well done. Hey, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about is the fact that President Biden chose not to do a pre-Super Bowl interview. And look, you might understand that if you're him and the game was being broadcast on Fox, maybe he doesn't want to sit down with somebody that he considers to be adversarial. But I don't think you could really say that about the news department at CBS News. What was your take on why President Biden chose to uh, skip the Super Bowl, in, you know, uh, the Super Bowl interview and talk to, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 million people? Well, here, here's what I'll say. I don't look into it. Maybe it wasn't his thing, wasn't on his agenda, wasn't a priority, which is silly because it's election year, as you pointed, and you have a mass ripe audience. But I think that associating his likeness with football and, and almost coming in between football would almost hurt him electorally when you're talking huh. about people wanting to get to the game. And here we go with the president. Huh. People are so exhausted and fatigued about politics. I think this was single handedly one of the smartest moves his team politically really because it 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 doesn't put the fatigue of the presidency in front of people wanting to get to their game and i think it was a smart move for him despite not being supportive of him and quite frankly if i were president of the united states i wouldn't do it either because like i told you i am a homosexual i cannot comment on sports (laughs) i would not comment on sports so i didn't make a complete fool out of myself one of the commercials that got a lot of attention was uh, and i've seen that we've seen this before i don't know that we've seen it in a super bowl before but was the commercial for jesus uh all about how jesus is encouraging this and encouraging that jesus seems to be everywhere this year what did you make of the jesus commercial I thought that was odd, granted that we've never seen something of that likeness before, and it was uh, different. And I can't at least remember in in, in recent history or memory that we've had a a pro 
religious uh, uh, commercial like that. Nothing against it. I thought it was definitely different. And it, it speaks volumes to the type of audience that's really sitting down and watching and, and the target audience of, of these uh, types of commercials. So I think it, it was interesting. But I got to say one thing before I completely forget. I never in my life thought that I would be rooting for Nancy Pelosi's team. As <laughs> so let's talk about the game itself. Obviously, it was a nail-biter, going only the second Super Bowl in history to go into overtime. And it didn't just go into overtime. went down to the last 30 seconds. A very close game, very exciting finish. You were pulling for uh, San Francisco. What would you make of the game itself, George? I got to tell you, uh, I think the San Francisco 49ers screwed up when with six seconds left to the clock to end the game they weakened and they were loosey with their defense and they could have held six seconds frankie just think about that and they allowed uh, uh the kansas chiefs to score which resulted to the overtime but i gotta give a shout out to jake moody what record-setting kicks such a young dude i think 24 years old hails from michigan state what a great athlete what a great all-American all hero he is. Great kicks, great performance. To me, one of the best players in the game. I know, you know, not analyzing, but just giving my layman opinion of what a great athlete, great time to watch, what a great time to be alive and watch the Super Bowl. You know, Congressman, obviously I'm sure you're aware uh, that uh, there are, you know, when people were exposing different things that you might have exaggerated about, there was this whole chorus of people out there that claimed you weren't really homosexual. After listening to that very astute football analysis, I'm starting to think maybe there was something to that. Oh, dear God. Yeah, you should ask my husband how he feels about that. <laughs> hey, um, I, and I, I know it's a late night, and I appreciate you joining me. I have to ask you about this just because uh, while a lot of people watch the Super Bowl, for a lot of our audience, the real Super Bowl is Election Day, and it is special Election Day for your seat on Tuesday. The Democrats and Republicans have poured in millions. Polling shows this race super tight. The Democratic nominee, Tom Swazi, is someone that you ran against yourself back in in uh, 2020 came very, very close to beating. That's when you sort of became uh, a rising star in New York GOP circles and really to some extent even nationally. And then obviously when he chose to run for governor, you took his seat and obviously the rest is history. Mozzie Pillup, she's a, a local elected official in Nassau County, registered Democrat but endorsed by the Republicans and the conservatives. First, uh, are you supporting Mozzie Pillup here? And second, irrespective of who you're supporting, do you ever prediction on how the race goes i'll put it this way um i don't support registered democrats so i have no support for anybody in the race uh on tuesday i will abstain and not vote i am jaded enough that i've reserved the right to skip this election that's number two number three um based on modeling from early voting i know the democrats are trying to count that they have a six thousand voter uh, early voter advantage on mozzie but they're not being truthful with you. They're just trying to create the sentiment of it's in the bag to discourage conservatives. Here's the reality of those 6,000 votes. The bulk of them are coming from the Great Neck Peninsula in NY3, where I won 79 percent of the vote there. And the majority of the people who voted in Great Neck were Democrats. And those Democrats, as I call them, are self-radicalized Democrats to the right because the, le- the Democrats have left them. So all those registered Democrats voting in Great Neck are voting Republican, especially because Mozzie is a a resident of Great Neck. So when Tom Swazi goes out there and says he's doing okay, it's going to be tight, he's lying. The reality is 
He's upside down on these numbers. The areas that should be pushing forward on good numbers are Castleberry, Westbury, and Plainview, and they're underperforming, and especially when you have areas that Tom has never represented, like Massapequa, hmm. Levittown, are in the mix this time around. He's up for a massive wake-up call, and let's not forget Whitestone, baby. That is Trump country. That is MAGA country. We have Vicky Palladino as a councilwoman there. So for him to think it's the same Whitestone he left when he decided to go on his mission to run for governor, I think he has this wrong, and I think Mozzie takes it between five to seven wow. points uh, of an election victory on Tuesday. Hey, uh, you know, on that note, I know you said you um, reserve your right not to vote. A couple of listeners, especially after hearing the last time you were on the program and they felt that you acquitted yourself, you know, really well. Uh, a few listeners who live in the district actually said they're planning on writing you in on Tuesday. Is that something that you would be encouraging or discouraging of folks doing? How do you feel about people writing you in? I have said this months ago, uh, now for two months officially, I have been saying, please do not write me. And if you like me, you don't want, you don't wish this upon me. Second of all, it is throwing your vote away. And I speak to everybody who's listening. I understand the principal vote. I understand that you don't like the fact that your vote was recalled by politicians and your duly elected member was removed in an arbitrary way because of personality issues and because of politics. But if you want representation, you have two choices. You have Tom Swazi, which you rejected in the past, and you voted for me to come in. Or you can vote for Mozzie Pillip and give her a shot, and hopefully she'll re-register as a Republican, and she'll prove me wrong. But to write me in is a waste of your vote. I appreciate the love. There's many other ways we can work together and work together to continue to advance our conservative principles for the district. But please do not write me in on Tuesday, uh, February 13th. And and just to give folks an update on uh, on your your court issues, your court case, how are things going and when do you think there'll be a next step in that whole thing? Next step of the process, I'll be back there for a status conference on August 13th. And then we'll continue to go through the process. Hey, someone told me um, that uh, I should be careful when I talk to you because, oh, that George Santos, he's definitely cooperating with the feds. You got to be careful. Every conversation you have with him, it's going straight to the feds. Do I have to be careful talking to you? Well, I mean, now we're on the radio. But in general, are you cooperating? Here's the deal. There's so many conspiracies out there. I'm look. I. I'm not going to sit here and say anything other than people have a very, very interesting imagination. Uh, Like all these conspiracies out there, I'm cooperating, I'm wearing a wire, all of these things. Like where do people get this information from, Frankie? That's just the reality. Like are people really that bored and desperate that they just make things up from cloth? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... A real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. You got me. Uh, I still, uh, I'm not lying awake at night uh, that any of our conversations are being tape recorded. Congressman George Santos, cultural cleritic at large for the other side of midnight. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Frankie. You be well, sir. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation with respect to the uh, review of the national anthem, the halftime show, the post Malone edition of God Bless America, the uh, take on uh, the so-called black national anthem or the game itself, you're welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222 or obviously the election that uh, a lot of people are very worked up about on Tuesday. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.